a documentary on just like, hey, there's a little a couple of vignettes on being prepared, kids. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's important, and, and I don't think there's enough of it. There's no... I Makes don't. you stop and think. That's what it did for me, like how much... In both ways, unpreparedness, if that's the word, uh, on my end, as well as on others. And, yeah, especially in today's age, you know, right. comes in, like it comes in different like ways. There's a huge problem. I go back to college, like Clayton, you were a little closer to this. I just feel like everyone was always unprepared. Like, I feel like it just start, you by default, you start off <laughs> with that being in, people showing up to presentations, unprepared. I don't know. I just felt like it was very common, too common. I guess, yeah. Why does that do, Jim? It breeds unpreparedness, right? Oh, that goes right to one of my ads to this, that it's incumbent upon parents, mentors, uh, employers to basically teach people that it's important because, you know, think back to the presentations in college. You don't want to be the poor person standing up in front of the class and everybody kind of looking down like this is so bad. I feel so bad for that person that's up there making a total, you know, idiot. Uh, out of I'm, you, you don't want to be that guy or, or gal or whatever. I'll tell you what. Their presence. Yeah. Not, I, don't, I guess I don't need to get into the weeds too much, but like I would say, fortunately, I was not. I was pretty well prepared through my life in college, be it a presentation or a test or, you know, a, a research report, whatever, you know. And I used to love watching, like you said, I, I hate to use the word, but the idiots that would show up. And I'm just like, look at this idiot. I mean, it's like being prepared is so easy in a way. That, and I just like being unprepared is hard, but we're going to talk about that. But I, I used to love in college. Well, I'm like, what? Look at this idiot. What well, you are you doing? Love the that, guys at the other end of the curve, right? Yeah. Sorry, guys. That that was Jim and I. It sounds like. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> it wouldn't be you guys. I mean, I'm talking like the extremes. Like, uh, you know, you see somebody like running in for a. I mean, I literally saw people on the final exam in one of my courses, like one of the hardest courses I've taken in my life in college. Reg- running in half an hour late on an hour, you know, a two hour exam. And I'm like, what? Oh, the PE exam. I had to let someone borrow my extra calculator. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I told him, I I told him in the proctor, I go, look, if this is my backup, if my primary goes, yeah, I need to be allowed to go over to this guy and this moron (laughs) go go from Cleveland to Buffalo to take the structural (laughs) engineering exam. It didn't bring. A, well, he brought it. I think he brought a calculator, but, but you're not allowed to use graphing calculators. Like yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Was not was prepared. Known. And he he brought a uh, he had a um like a dolly full of books, like the most books I've ever seen for this exam. And I'm like, well, he sure came prepared for for this reference material, but he can't use a calculator. <laughs> See, I think you had a moral obligation there, Jim, to not let him borrow it. The guy just drove from Cleveland, and he can't even use a calculator. And he was taking the structural exam, which is probably... Did you ever find out if he passed? I doubt it. (laughs) I I hope not. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like, he could be forever indebted to you, though, if he did pass because you let him borrow your calculator and you he might not even that, know it. He tells this story like every year to his yeah. kids now, like yeah. this kind man. Yeah. He should, he should have told me you idiot. You deserve to fail. Yeah. Well, now looking back, I'm like, you know, did I do a disservice to the public? Cause now maybe I enabled this moron <laughs> to pass the PE exam. I just oh, looking wow. at the guy, just looking at him, having one conversation. I'm like, I don't trust this guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to walk across any bridge he designs. Yeah. Here's my calculator. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think he did the right thing, though. You my did the initial, right thing. My initial man. reaction was, yeah. You got to empathize sometimes, you know. Always, always. Yeah. Could, ha- it could Anything like that could happen. I don't know. Not not anything, but it could always happen. No, we're not perfect. No one's yeah. perfect. We all, yeah. you know, make mistakes. Yep. Not all of us make spreadsheets and check things off the list for what we're doing, Mark. 
Well, Clayton just said how easy it is to be prepared. He did. Well, wow. Clayton's memory's better than mine. I need to write everything down. Well, I mean, like in general, you know, it's pretty easy. I don't know. Like, just think about what you're doing a couple days ahead of time. Make sure you got uh, what you need and go. So I don't now know. I'm, I'm, I'm over prepared because I make spreadsheets for everything. I don't, month. I'm not I saying you're over prepared. You're, you're very prepared. <laughs> He's well prepared. Yeah, I'm just saying, in, in you know, relativity <gasps> to the world, it's not that hard to be prepared. Yeah, I'm not the guy that shows up uh, for hunting season with the wrong ammo for my gun. That's all I know. Wow. Clayton's <laughs> wow. wow. never done that. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He's not taking that. a shot at me. No. <laughs> uh, I don't I, know who it is, though. I could guess, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I yeah. think there's different different levels of preparation, and I think today we're probably going to stick with the the more of the known levels of preparation, and not the areas that maybe Mark's spreadsheets go into. Probably, because <laughs> right. you can't be prepared for that stuff, as Clayton will lead us through. Yeah, Clayton's I think like, when you guys start talking so soon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Better Building Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Ferrier, and here with me today is Nick Taliska, Jim DePasquale, and Mark Sankey. As you guys know, we are the Building Hot Rodders. In today's podcast, we will be discussing the importance of being prepared in the building, engineering, and commissioning world, and uh, this is going to be the way I feel it trending, more of a general conversation than specifically broken down into these three topics. Uh, with that being said, let's dive right in. And I think I'm going to let Mark take the ball on the opening statement for this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up the, the son of a Marine and then Boy Scouts. So, you know, being prepared was really a way of life. And especially uh, growing up under the tutelage of my father, his term was squared away. Right. And it's an old term. It's used by many branches of the military, but it, you know, in that regard, basically to describe performance above a satisfactory level. But you know, the original origins are very debatable. Some attribute it to the Masons, some attribute it to navigators and having your your sails square. Hmm. But uh, there was a bridge, um, and this is internet information, by the way, in the year 1830, an architect rebuilding an ancient bridge called the Ball Bridge over Limerick. In, in Ireland, found under the foundation stone a brass square containing on the two surfaces the following inscription dated 1517. I will strive to live with love and care upon the level by the square. That's 1517. Hmm. So in general, I mean, knowing you know what I learned about being squared away, people have their preparations made, whether it's for a meeting, a project, and Basically, by the time I was in first grade, I'd get the question, you squared away for school. And that meant, do you have your homework done? You know what clothes you're wearing? We're not going to have a search for clean underwear or socks in the morning. Um, and it was a big deal. And that carried on through my teen years and college. And um, I generally kind of assess people as either squared away or not. And the squared away people are the ones who do what they say they say what they do there's a high level that you can trust take their word to the bank and they're on time and being on time means you're respectful of the time of your peers your customers your employees and that's just what my takeaway is you know when you're prepared that that preparation goes through most of the facets of your life i completely agree and um, and speaking in general sense, to me, like personally, being prepared, and you, you probably heard a little bit of this before the podcast started, but to me, it, it's easy. It makes life so much easier, less stress, less everything, just to be prepared. I mean, going into the the very basic things of you know day to day life, like I my coffee is you know ready to brew the night before, my lunch is made, my clothes are laid out. Um, and you wake up and you're prepared for the day right away, right off the bat, you know? So, and then following that through with work and life and everything else, it just makes life easy. And just two words squared away. I must admit, I don't know if I've ever 
uh, heard that directly squared away, but it's interesting the uh, the relation to the construction trades, right? And square. I've heard level and plumb. I've used that myself. All trued up, uh, square, level, plumb, and true. I mean, a lot of these things, but they all connote kind of the same, you know, imagery at least. And, and talking about the Freemasons, they used a lot of you know uh, the tools of the trade, and then related that to you know, bigger things, a square meant, you know, being forthright and honest and true in your dealings, you know, level dealt with, you know, res mutual respect for others and equality type of stuff, the plumb bob, moral rectitude, and then the compass, you know, staying, you know, within that circle of morality and truth and justice and all good things. So you kind of know right. what people mean when they do say squared away. I don't think I would ever question it if I heard it. Nope. That was insightful, both from both of you guys. I didn't start it. Mark started it. <laughs> <laughs> oh so what? What about in our industry then? You know, since we're the building hot rodders, so we're you know squared away in life is one thing. Squared away in work as you know, it comes to what we do on a day to day basis. You know, in the field, say what what's squared away there oh there's a, there's a whole raft i mean starting all the way from the basics um building concept and design uh you know good engineering means you've done enough research to understand the owner's wants and needs if it's an existing building you've done enough work to know with a high level of certainty exactly what the existing conditions are that you're building from and what the design has to encompass to begin that process um, and that your knowledge base is uh, something that is foundationally correct that therefore you're uh, you know when somebody asks is this good and uh, you can answer on the level yes I know this is good uh, I just think it, it permeates every bit of quality construction and when it's absent and you have uh, groups, teams, or specifically individuals that are not squared away, they can really drag a project down. Um, there's an inherent amount of waste, um, disruption, rework. I mean, think of all the projects we've been, done, been on, and especially on the construction side, if you have project management that's not squared away, uh, wrong material or no material shows up at the job site, the contingencies that are involved in working in existing buildings or even in new buildings in terms of integration with a master schedule aren't taken into consideration and you have labor waste, you have material waste, rework. Um, it, it's, it's just uh, most of that is due to lack of preparation uh, and especially with coordination with other trades you need to you need to do the homework like to me that a lot of that points towards project management unless like a project manager a project managing team rather than in individual doing the tasks well it does but it, so project management is this, or parents if you expect your parents to to you know if your parents are squared away generally they expect their kids to be squared away right if the project manager squared away he can reasonably help or hope that his uh, resources are squared away and you have to do it by example it's, yes it's very it's much more difficult to tell somebody you know get it together be ready for tomorrow but then when they ask you for the drawings you don't have any that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough putt. Yeah. It's intimidating to, you know, follow after such well-prepared you know, statements <laughs> and wisdom, you know, very intimidating. But I guess what I would offer um, is that, you know, a lot of this preparation can have a lot of value with relatively low effort. Simple things yes. like when you show up on the, say you have a, uh, site visit, whether it's, you know, pre-engineering or commissioning or whatever, you have to go on the job site. 
basics. Do you have all the PPE that's necessary? Maybe a quick email or a quick call to, if you've ever been on the job site with the project manager or the um, facilities contact, just to make sure you're not missing any particular safety, you know, PPE, everything you need. Better yet, maybe you have your basics, your hard hat, your boots, high-vis vest, um, safety glasses. Maybe you always have those in your vehicle. I don't know. Like there's little things, low effort you can do. Bring drawings with you. I've seen a lot of engineers not show up to site visits with like drawings or anything to readily mark up on the job site. Um, take a few minutes before a site visit just to review why you're going there <laughs> and you know the things you need to be looking out for you know a little bit of preparation yes can make a big difference between zero preparation yeah right? yeah um, I agree and I guess that's just in my experience um, I've seen a lot of that where you could just tell there's been zero preparation and that's kind of what jumps out at me more than I guess there's maybe a bigger difference between zero prep and uh, maybe not enough prep versus well-prepared and, mm-hmm. you know, they could have spent more time. It's just I'm shocked that sometimes you see people, and, I, you know, we've all been there. We're The cons, you know consulting industry is very fast-paced, um, you know, depending on the company and the market you're in. Some are more aggressive and more demanding than others, so... I understand high demands. We've all been there, but you'll learn that um, it, it's worth it. That, like Clayton said earlier on the podcast, you can eliminate a lot of stress and a lot of embarrassment just by you know proper planning, um, proper proper preparation, and just putting in the effort, you know, to make sure you're well prepared for whatever task you're about to do. No, no drawings. That's a um, wow. It'd be disappointing. <laughs> that one stuck out. It's to hap- me. You know what? It's happened to me because I didn't leave enough time. Maybe the printer was acting up, and you waited until the last minute to yeah. print drawings. Yep. You know, it's, yep, yep, yep. So I'm it, not, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm no, saying nobody all these things. Is. I, I agree. You know, I've yeah. definitely made a lot of mistakes that I'm speaking. Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting a little bit from from my earlier years, but uh, it's a good point to make in the in the preparedness discussion, because like when you say, oh, shows up with no drawings, right? Like you could infer that that meant they didn't think they needed drawings. But that also means that it could also mean that they knew they needed drawings, but they waited to print them till the hour before. (laughs) Yep. And you know what I mean? I mean, so yeah, I don't know. It's worth noting, like you waited an hour before. Which, you know, that's actually not too bad, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would think, but maybe someone's printing a 400-page drawing set. You're sharing a plot. Oh, know, man, yeah. Yep. Or the printer's down and, yep. you, you know. It, yeah. It, so the, you, but, but more time you give yourself, the better off yeah. you're going to be. But it's just, a, it's not a good look. Like, if, if I'm yeah. a building owner or if, or if I'm, like, the prime contract and I hire you as a, a sub or you're, you're working for me and you show up on the site unprepared, doesn't matter why or what your reason is yeah it's not a good look yeah you can't say oh well i my printer broke i meant to print these Mm -hmm. they don't care that you were still planning on bringing them (laughs) you didn't bring them or whatever like anything so yeah yeah and it's not just you know we're kind of getting focused on drawings but it kind of reverberates with everything you don't bring steel toes to uh you know industrial facility that requires steel toes yeah you know it's you know, you don't have, uh, or you just don't give yourself enough time to make the drive. Yeah. You know, give yourself an extra few minutes. Yep. Yeah. Have a coffee in your, you know, at a gas station if you're 30 minutes early. Who cares? I'd rather do that than be scrambling and rushing. Like, don't go on Google Maps and see that the drive will take you 20 minutes and then leave <laughs> yourself 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, you, guys got this. You, you guys are very good at this. It's good. Easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of factors. Though, because, you know, preparation is one of those skills you use your entire life and your entire career. So I seem to be, it seems more forgivable for a newer person, right? A, a green person, somebody new in their career, younger, to make some of these mistakes. But then the idea is that they have good leadership and mentoring to 
help them understand, you know, the impacts of not being prepared if they don't see it readily themselves. Right. And when you have more experienced people, you know, the lack of preparation, I think, isn't because they didn't know, but then that seems to be more of a, more of a sin, if you will, right? Either it was laziness or uh, just a feeling that they could wing it, right? That they're expert and they're going to just, they've done this so many times, but and again, just like Jim said, I'm speaking on my uh, my my own behalf as well. There's been plenty of times when I've thought, oh, I've done this a million times, I've got it. And you're like, oh, I didn't look at that list, I forgot this. Good grief, you know? <laughs> but so it does happen all the time. But so yeah. what, what is the key to being making sure you're prepared? Think ahead of time. Leave yourself time for everything. Do everything well ahead of time. I don't know. No, I think... Being prepared is a habit, too. Oh, great, Mark. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I mean, once you start and you say, oh, but I left one more little thing out of my kit that I should have ready to go on a job. And, you know, you want to put some other thing in there, whether, you know, in the in the day it used to be a digital camera or infrared, for, you know, infrared gun or whatever it is, so that no matter what, a customer calls and said, and says, hey, I need you to blah, 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 you have it, and and you're ready to go. But it, so a quick, quick story for you guys. Many years ago, and it's probably 20 years ago, I hired a project manager for a, a big project that we had out in Ohio. And uh, so I was probably 40 at the time. And so came highly recommended, really highly recommended, and uh, paying him a lot of money, and he was about my age, a little older maybe, and uh, so we have our first meeting at the customer site and, you know, everybody shows up and he shows up and we sit down in the conference room and he, uh, we start talking and I'm taking notes and he elbows the guy next to him and uh, asks for a piece of paper and then says, uh, you got a pen? And I said, hold on a second. And uh, his name was Jeff. I said, Jeff, can we step outside for a minute? And he said, oh, yeah, sure. And uh, I said, I need your company credit card. And he said, oh, what, what do we got going on? I said, you're looking for a new job because I don't need you. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I, fired I fired him, went back in the meeting, and he said, where's Jeff? I said, looking for a job. <laughs> and they just started laughing. But wow. <laughs> the, the story is, right, you know, Jack Welch, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jack Welch, says the first time, or when, when do you fire somebody? First time you think first about it. time you think about it. And that was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, I'm taking the notes. He came unprepared. I can't fix this guy. You're out. <laughs> hire slowly, fire quickly. Yep. 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 So... There's a story behind, you know, being prepared, you're less likely to make those kind of career changing mistakes. Yeah. And, and, you know, as Nick mentioned, I think as Nick mentioned, you know, if that was your intern on his first day on the job, it's completely different. And totally he can learn different. from that than, you know, a high dollar project manager that's a been in the industry. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yep. I agree completely. And ignore as harsh as that may seem, you know, to some, but you know, ignore those little things. It's only at your peril. You know, what's, what's the next thing that that person could have, right. Forgotten and not been prepared of. I'm sure it would have been a lot more costly to Mark and the rest of the team and the client. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's tough, but you know, those flags can come up. Uh, Uh, The way I saw it, it was better him than the company. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree completely. Better he goes than we go. <laughs> wow. Where do we go from yeah. that now? Holy cow. Well, I, th- I think, again, it goes back to really worth reiterating. Um, you know, being prepared, it, it is an absolute habit. And, you know, start with the big things. Okay, be on time. Get as, as much information as you can. Be there ready. And then you know, work on the, on the rest as you go. Oh, what can I do to be better and be able to look in a mirror and say, did I, was I as prepared as I needed to be today? If not, um, let me write down on my list what I need to do better because as you know, especially 
as projects get bigger, responsibilities get larger, your, your task list requires some organization and every task requires some preparation. So um, just make a habit out of it. I think, think that's so, a key word. I'm sorry, Mark or Clayton, but that's, you know, the habit and, you know, making these things a, a process, if you will. You know, the first time you make a list when you got to go take a trip, you know, it might be on paper, you check it off, you throw it away, you do that trip again, you're like, oh, maybe I ought to write this down because I'm needing the same stuff. Then hopefully soon that just becomes, you know, an automatic habit. Do I have these three things that I, I know I have to have in the car, these things in my bag? But the key to preparation to me sometimes or the importance of it is not only that you're ready for what you, you know or you think you're going to encounter, whether it's a presentation or a meeting or time out in the field, but that when you're ready for that stuff, you're ready for the stuff that doesn't happen, right? Because things don't often, if rarely, you know, go as planned, but you need to adapt. But if you got that forethought in place, and like Mark said, with having that other piece of instrumentation available in case something came up like that, which is highly valuable, says me. Right. Do you guys, uh, no, I do, so I'm, I'm not asking this in, in any kind of judgmental manner, but I carry a toolbox in my truck all mm -hmm. the time. And it's a real toolbox. It's not like, a, um, you know, Kmart special with a set of sockets in it. But the most valuable tools in there are the zip ties and the electrical tape because they're the contingency tools. When things really go sideways, odds are you can use a zip tie and some electrical tape to, uh, you know, to get you to where you need to be. I philosophically struggled with that struggle with this a little bit though, because <laughs> we're getting in the weeds, but I'm going to, I'm going in the weeds head first, um, <laughs> to that point. <laughs> philosophically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the right word is. Right. So I, uh, I'm very similar, right? Toolbox, um, in my truck and I got, to, I keep hand tools and all that. And, and it has helped me more time. It, I I've used it many, many, many times. If I open the toolbox for a socket or something or whatever. Right. But, but then on the other end to that is like, I don't care how many tools I have. If my alternator goes, I need an alternator. So I don't know. That was just my, I spare one. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. That's just, I just had to say it and now I'm done. So we'll continue on. Yeah. But there's an auto zone on every corner. I agree with that too. I agree. But I, yeah, I mean, I've driven my, <laughs> well, I drove one of my trucks probably 12 miles, you know, without a, a serpentine belt just by pulling over on the side of the road, wait till it cools down yeah. go another, you know, three miles and get the auto zone change in the parking lot. It's not a big deal, but you know, if, if let's just say perchance you don't have the mechanical skills, at least go out and get yourself a AAA card so yes. you can call somebody. Yep. Okay, you don't have to carry a toolbox, but have a AAA card so if you're dead on the side of the road, you can't change your tire or whatever it is, at least you know who to call and in one hour you'll be back on the road. Yep, yep. Or augmenting. I mean, that's I think what Mark's is, the point is that you're not prepared for everything that could possibly happen, just like with anything. But you're going to be prepared to a level of of reasonableness, and reasonableness has different levels. You know, if it's a yes a project meeting, you know, and this is where I run into it a lot. You know, you've been hearing for 10, 15 years now. Don't have a meeting without an agenda, and I thought it was kind of accepted practice, but you know, and, and I attend a lot of meetings with no agenda and it's not surprising that the participants are therefore not prepared because nobody knew what we're going to be talking about <laughs> so like that is just insanity to me but again there's preparation on each end and, and other parties you know a lot of these times i may not be in a position to say i'm not showing up unless there's an agenda guys but uh other people can do that and the person holding the meeting can be responsible for you know, being prepared by letting other people know what they should be prepared for. Yes. You know? so, yes. And that, and that spawns a lot of that comes from that. The same with, you know, in-person meetings as well. Yep. Same with time you're on site. Uh, I mean, the list of, you know, anecdotes is, oh, is endless yeah. between the four yeah. of us here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, Nick, and, and I get invited to meetings a lot, and 
uh, I don't have any problem asking, hey, can we have at least what I need to be prepared for because otherwise, uh, you know, we may not be as productive as we would all like to be. Uh, Excellent way to ask. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so I got, I have a, I'll do a story time too for any younger what? listeners. This is just, it's an easy one. It's an easy one. Younger listeners. Um, yeah. You know, getting, okay. So, you know, preparedness, like it, it was taught it. I, I was, like I said, generally, I would like to think of myself as a pretty well-prepared person um, through college and all that good stuff. But, you know, starting working in the industry, we did, um, especially now we do, there's just, I, you know, I couldn't even use both of my hands to count how many little projects we have going on right now, which makes um, staying organized, you know, it, it's not challenging now, but before you'd get an email with an attachment and okay, you read it, you click on it, great. You don't, maybe you don't save it or maybe you don't, you know, segment your email inbox. So there's, you know, each project and it's really easy to reference things. So that was a quick, a bit of a learning experience. And, you know, going to the be prepared, you know, now every, every little project we have, I have, you know, my own, and this is probably like obvious to you guys, but again, just learning, get, you know, I'm younger in the industry. Um, every project has its own little folder and every attachment goes into that folder right away right i don't say i don't read it and say okay i'll save this in 10 minutes because you could get distracted and forget instantly saved read whatever and um talk about being prepared you know you you don't know what somebody's going to ask you out on the job but i know i have every every piece of information that i have ever received is in its specific folder now so when somebody asks well, what do you have these control drawings or this schematic? Yep. Just got to open up the folder, go to here. You're not searching through emails, trying to find the attachment from that person from four weeks ago. You know what I mean? That's my little anecdotal story about being prepared. <laughs> so it's like that that ounce of prevention, if you will, right? Yeah, you're yeah. The time then, you're not knowing if you're going to have to access this in yeah. two months. Yep. But your experience has told you, yeah, there's a reasonable chance I will. Yes. And, Even and the downside, and that's, I guess, you got to look at preparation, right? What's the downside of not being prepared? And that's what's kind of motivated me sometimes when I think about, eh, I'm probably okay for this uh, meeting or presentation tomorrow, right? Done this a few times. I know exactly what I'm running through. <laughs> I'm going to watch some MASH instead. <laughs> Bad decision, right? Yeah. Because then I realize, okay, well, what if I do need that extra hour of preparation? What could go wrong? And that's kind of what kicks me in the gear, going, I'm not going to get a second chance if it's, uh, yeah, let's say, a new opportunity to say, hey, guys, I really wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be. Can we do that again next Tuesday? <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. No. Yep. Just the, the little bit ahead goes a long way. I, I mean, I even, sometimes it sounds stupid, like, if there's an important email that is not like directly important yet, and I'm like, this is something, I PDF it and save it and put it in that job folder too. So I have it. Then I'm not even searching in my Outlook inbox for the email. I already have it, you know? And I've used that a lot too. So, well, and sometimes we have to oscillate between, you know, what we've done and maybe yep. there's something better than saving every saving every email as a PDF. No, so no, 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 no. Okay. Just like this one is really important. This has got some really important stuff in it. I'm saving this one. This is going to come back. Then I know where exactly it is and the day and time and, you know. Well, everybody know. has their different forms of preparation, as I believe the Greek uh, philosopher anonymous said prepare and prevent ah. don't repair <laughs> and repent so wow yeah that's oh. pretty good one he was good he came up with a lot of stuff anonymous <laughs> so what that's what interesting what else are we gonna d divulge into you know we've been speaking preparedness in a very general sense and i you know i'm looking on our oh, outline I, I, and we're saying about people you know tools and uh there's a, a specific example maybe we talk about on this. I don't know. Well, it, it was not long ago that we were on a uh, scenario where we had a VFD drive startup and we had the communications interface to it. And uh, so I was uh, doing something else and the balancer was there, the VFD startup guy, the electrician, 
the uh, Clayton was there as kind of the controls interface guy and the mechanical contractor. So five people and started. What time did it start, Clayton? Eight or something? Nine o'clock? Yeah, know, maybe early. even seven. I think it was early. Yeah, it might have started at seven. And by 11, noon, no progress. No calm, no drive start, no zip. And so I walked up and said, what's going on? Well, we don't have any manuals. I said, did you ask for the manuals? They're here. Oh, nobody told me. Uh, okay, so we get the manuals. And I, by now, okay, so we wasted, if there's five people at mm. you know, five hours, we've wasted 25 man hours at 100 bucks an hour, just roughly. And we've, we've wasted uh, 2,500 bucks. And I said, what are we doing? Well, I don't know. This is my, I was just thrown into this. This is my first day on the job. And there's no drawings. I said, well, whose fault is that? I mean, why come to the job unless you're prepared? And we meandered around for another couple hours and finally got the drive running. But it was extremely stressful because the um, individual was you know, probably my age. And at that point, you should know better, right? Be prepared, especially if you're going to engage with technology that you're not familiar with. Take the time to read the manual the night before in your easy chair. Put a couple of tabs on it and a couple of highlights. Here's step one through five. Simple. Clayton, you had some comments about this. Well, I just, it comes down it, to me. And I'm not defend. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm defending the individual because there's definitely things that he, you know, they, whatever, could have done better. Um, but like my my, what I'll go back to too is the project management. I mean, who told this guy he was showing up? Did they even tell him what he was doing, or did they say go to this address and figure it out from there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. He he might have not known at till six a.m. that he was showing up there. And again, I'm not defending. You know. The, the details because I think everybody could have done better but um you know where does the like where does the the line of preparedness end for that guy and you know fall into somebody else's court um that was also obviously not prepared because they didn't give him the information what he was doing maybe you know here's the manual of the drive you're going to be starting up tomorrow and I don't know that I'd I don't want to get in the weeds too much about that too, but like I said, I see a lot of preparedness in general that um, it starts from the top, and when it when it's not at the top, it's really hard to have it flow through the rest of the project. That is so true, but you also can't let it infect what you've got going on if you're prepared and everything else. Like this example, and I don't know if the dialogue is completely accurate, but when Mark said, you know, did you ask if blah, 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 and the response was, nobody told me. Yeah, and I believe it, because I've heard that before. That wasn't the question. You know, did you ask? <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. nobody told me. Yeah. And then, and then it's my first day on the job. Okay, is it your first day working for this company? This, your first job <laughs> at this site? Or your first job, start? you know, first time starting up a VFD? If that's the case, then I support Mark taking yes. the guy's pen away and yeah. go get out of here. Yeah. And give yeah. me your credit card. I don't care if it's not my company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm working on my project. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and Nick, so let me go the other way on that, too, and I'll just give you my other five cents on that. If you get a request from an employer to do something with which you are completely unacclimated to and unprepared to do, then you have to state that. I've never done this before. I have no skill set. I have no training. I have no nothing. I need a day. Before you ask me to do brain surgery, I need the manual. I need a day. So I agree too. I agree too. So give me a manual to the brain and a highlighter. They take anything away from this conversation and said if I go to work but, for Mark but, or Nick, I better come prepared with my own credit card because they might take the company card away. <laughs> back backup pens absolutely <laughs> that your the back uh, of your truck is going to be full of stuff feet. because you're going to be prepared <laughs> <laughs> zip ties no, I, I, but but i'm being serious i mean in in the big scheme of things it's incumbent upon a 
uh, mentor, supervisor, employer, whatever you are, to give somebody the uh, space and resources to become prepared. Now, you can't do a, you know, a plug-in, okay, download the database, but, hey, we have this coming up at this on this schedule, whether it's an hour, day, week, month, and this will be the task, so we need to gather all the information we can, learn as much as we can before we go on the job site so we don't waste everybody's time, including our own. We are efficient and effective. I mean, I think that's the leadership message, right, is, is okay, you want to teach your kids to make their bed. You can't just go tell them make the bed. You have to mentor them before you say, did you make your bed, right? And if you want it to stick, you can't let them see that your bed's not made. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And that goes to the example and the leadership part of it. Absolutely. I mean, we're not naturally, I don't think, tuned in to be prepared. I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, I don't know, some some common beliefs may be, well, you can never uh, plan for everything, so just, you know, wing it. But... (laughs) You know, and that has its time and place. Yeah, yeah. But certainly not when other people are counting on you and have retained your services for some level of expertise they're expecting to get. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And then, I, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are, are we solving Are we solving the problems that we're given? No, like, I, we... I think oh. there's a, a whole, um, I don't know, strata of individuals that don't understand the necessity that comes with responsibilities of their job that okay you have a job to do there are other people counting on you this is an inter interdependent set of uh, individuals that to meet the schedule you have to you know provide this quality of work by this time if you don't um, you know the cascade effects are are significant, and if the work is of, you know the the foundational work is of inadequate quality, then so will be the balance of the work that gets put on top of it. I don't know. There's just an observation. I think it does speak to the just like these uh, the propagation of errors. You know, right. there's the propagation of problems when. You know, intertwined entities aren't prepared for what they're doing. Like the example with the VFDs, you know, sounds like one person, one party wasn't prepared and it made everybody else waste their time for half a day. And then multiply that by how many times does that happen in the normal course of just everyday human to human transactions in our world? (sighs) Yeah, that's how we get the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But that like that example frustrates me like the VFD because like was I unprepared also then because I didn't ask him if he had what he needed to be prepared for or have the you know what I mean like like where does the line and like do I have to be prepared to have beam clamps for the electrician when they don't have any now like you know what I mean my job apparently (laughs) well no but you know you know what I'm saying like speaking in that in that um I don't know generality like I was prepared to do what I had to do. But uh, that but, goes to the interdependencies. Everybody has to be prepared. Now, did you guys have, were you hiring this VFD startup person? No, we were just waiting for him to yeah, do his so, job. I hope so this guy doesn't listen to podcasts. That's, I, don't <laughs> care I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, I know, I know. You're good. No, I, th- I think, you know, you have to compare and contrast, though, what are the consequences of being unprepared? I, they're just so enormous. And if you don't rectify that bad habit, um, it, it will definitely have a, a negative impact on your career tra- trajectory, your personal credibility, all those things. And, and so the sooner you you know identify that it may be a habit that you need to focus on, you can fix it. Um, you know, you'll spend more money on projects or, you know, even simple things than you wanted to. You'll be caught by surprise when people you ask, ask you questions because you didn't think through the process in advance. I mean, there's just a lot to it. And, you know, I think that's an example of, okay, we have inter- interdependent 
uh, trades or skill sets and one weak link and the whole thing goes to hell. Yeah. And I, and I will say, um, you know, a lot of my preparedness has come from being unprepared on, on very small levels. I mean, in general, again, I like to get pretty prepared, but like, um, if I do, if I'm not prepared to whatever extent and I, you know, I'm like, Oh, that sucked. I didn't have that. And I should have, it'll never happen again. You know what I mean? So, um, I learned from, we've all learned from our mistakes and <laughs> that goes into part of being prepared too. You can't always think of everything, but when you're, you think of what you think you need to know and you're missing something the next time cover it and then you're prepared and then it's good. You know, I've got three based on what you guys have been talking about. I've got three, uh, I don't know, I guess reasons maybe for not being prepared. What do you guys think? One three. lack of lack of experience. Yep. That's great. Easily correctable. Two would be, uh, I guess, ignorance that could kind of be lack of experience, but I'm thinking more with people that have the experience. And I don't know if ignorance sounds better than laziness. I don't know what other the word would be though, but just willfully ignoring it. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And then third would be hubris, and I think I like what that's what I was talking about earlier with very seasoned people that you would not even think to say, "Are you ready for this meeting tomorrow?" Because you know you're going to reflect on me. I'm going to reflect on you. And then they don't show up prepared because they maybe thought, hey, I've done this for so long, thought I could wing it. Wasn't expecting that question, you know? Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> then the next question is, may I have your credit card? <laughs> so we have the three reasons for unpreparedness, Nick. Hopefully when we're wrapping this up, you'll have the I three like the keys to being prepared. Kind of, Ooh. Especially when it comes to being on time. And respectful of other people's time. You know, if you're continually late mm. for meetings, you know, that just sends a signal that you think your time's more important than their time. Bingo. Or or being on time but saying then coming in and announcing I'm not prepared. You know, in various forms, like I wasn't able mm-hmm. to get that done, like we agreed two weeks right. ago, I would. And yeah. I'm just letting you guys know right now, deal with it, roll with it, suck it up. Yeah, that I think would fall into that kind of category of, again, and then, you you know, you get to the whole plum and true stuff and dealing with people fairly and understanding that it's all connected, especially in these, you know, these types of projects, any project. Yep. I agree. Any more on preparation and, and being squared away? I mean, maybe this was a, a, a thin subject, but I really feel like uh, I see great levels of differentiation between you know the really squared away people and the ones that are uh, you know bench riders, you know, just along for the ride. It was a. I think this is definitely a necessary podcast to to talk about, um, because it is. I mean, it could this and this really fits into any subject. I know where the building hot rodders talking about, you know, facilities and engineering and commissioning, um, and we really didn't get into like the specific details about that. But yeah, I think this was a a very worthy podcast episode to have. Why are you saying this? We're only halfway through. <laughs> I mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I don't have anything else to say about it except, you know, build the discipline, and it it, it it's a uh, I don't know it will distinguish you from your peers if you choose to be prepared and uh, really are disciplined about it. Yeah, and to go back to what Mark said earlier, it's it's a habit, right? You build good habits, a habit of being prepared. It almost be like you don't have to think about it. It's easy. It really is. I think it's much, like I said, it's much more difficult to be unprepared because you're rushed, you're struggling, whatever. I mean, it's really easy to be 90, 90, 95% prepared. I think it's got to, I mean, I don't know, at least 90% of preparation is some very basic things like Jim said. And then maybe you get to that, that last 10% where you, you know, if you go the extra mile and 
you can really, really, really be prepared, but it doesn't take much effort to be 90% prepared or whatever you want to, whatever percentage you want to call it. It's up there, I would say. That's Are there correct. turning points? Do you think like Mark, it sounds like you were kind of raised with that notion, right? You know, get squared away and you understood what it meant. Uh, I don't know. For, for me, I guess, I think it was the feeling of not being prepared. If I had a, I don't know when it happened, but there must have been some time when I was very unprepared for something that I should have been prepared for. And, you know, I felt like garbage. Yep. And, you know, I think probably after that, I made a, you know, a conscious choice to really do that preparation and take the time. But not that I'm an expert at it by any means. And, you know, but. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't necessarily raised with that uh, concept. But but you don't like the feeling of being unprepared, so you change. That, that is it, really. That is yeah. what I, I try to avoid. Preparation yeah. is, is a means to avoid a bad feeling. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it is. No, you're exactly right. And, and so the other side of that is that, you know, I, I will postulate that people that live their lives by and large unprepared have gotten too comfortable with that bad feeling. And, I, and listen, I, mm. I know people that, you know, they'll respond to what I think is a pretty significant event with a shoulder shrug. Uh, yeah, it happens. But when you look around and see, you know, the whole, their life in totality, it, it is evident that they're okay with that. I can't, I have no tolerance for, oh, it's not okay. We need to take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Let's not see the mistakes repeated. Um, I don't know. That's just mm. like two cents. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, that pain creates action. So if you get too comfortable with that pain of you know embarrassment, failure, lack of performance, you name it, just uh, then then okay, you're making a conscious choice. And maybe that's the other takeaway, too, is that maybe, you know, you have a responsibility, you know, to help people, too, and to hold them accountable, whether they're young, newer people or just partners that you're working with. And and I don't want to, you know, and I don't think we come across as like we're up on top of the mountain going, this is how yeah, we, I hope we don't. guys. Yeah, I mean, it's more like, not. you know, some of us have maybe gotten over some small boulders and we're just kind of extending a hand going, hey, let me help you. But I think that's an important thing because that going back to that, you know, whatever I think we we're talking about earlier, you know, in college, it seemed like a lot of people were unprepared and you look around at your peers and you go, okay, so if I'm unprepared too, I'm in a safe space because <laughs> everybody's kind of unprepared. And that same thing to let your, you know, subordinates or people that work for you go through that and become accustomed to being unprepared and that feeling. Yeah. I think that's a bad thing. I think that's an interesting point where people get okay with that feeling maybe. And yeah. Well, you have to care though, too. I mean, to, yeah. Like what you're saying, like, I don't know. You got to care. If you don't, then you probably won't be prepared. I don't know. So, uh, Nick, you talk about the pain of being unprepared. So, um, you know, always I'm time constrained because I try and do too much. You know, I probably I'm, would have been a poster child for a riddle in when I was a kid because I always just had a ton of things going on. And even when I was in college, you know, between sports and school and work and everything else, just a lot going on. So for probably 15 years after I got out of undergrad school, I had a recurring nightmare. Yeah, maybe initially once a week and then went down to once a month or so and then kind of tapered off. But it was that I had, for whatever reason, neglected to go to a single class, <laughs> a single class, and was notified by the professor that the only way I could pass this class is if I passed the final exam, which was the next day. I feel bad because when you started saying, like, I had a recurring nightmare, a smile came on my face. <laughs> I don't why know why. A smile come on I, I have no idea because I knew it would be interesting and comical. But I, I mean, uh, that's just, uh, that's pretty far out there. But it was, it's a recurring nightmare that underlies the theme of you have to be prepared. And my whole nightmare was the, 
you know, I would wake up in a cold sweat because I was so abysmally unprepared. It's so interesting that it would affect your, your subconscious where, you know, other people might wake up and be like, oh, I had a goofy dream. Oh, no. I was, <laughs> I was terrified. So I don't know. I, maybe we'll, I'll leave everybody with the thought for the podcast and our listeners too. But is it, is there, can you be over too, like too, too prepared, over prepared where it could hurt you? Great. In question. a way? I yes, mean, absolutely. Sure. You waste time and money yeah. on diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we'll leave with that question or unless we want to elaborate. I don't know. Oh, but, that's, that's a, I mean, it's, it's interesting because that, that is a balance point. It is know? a balance. And, and, and we didn't cover that much, maybe. And, um, yeah, I just thought it would be worth vocalizing to you guys and our listeners. You can be overprepared too. <laughs> Where it is, you waste a lot of time, a lot of whatever, money. Um, being overprepared. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. There, you have to weigh out the trade-offs of it, and everything is risk and return, right? Yep. So if I'm not prepared, what's the risk? Yep. Uh, is it life-changing or is it, uh, you know, I, I, uh, maybe I don't get a, a perfect score on this exam, but, you know, that's not necessary because what really matters is I pass it or I fail it or you know, how much do you really need to know about every single component of the um, of the project? Do you need to memorize the the speed drive manual start to finish so that you can actually be the startup person? I don't think so. Right. But it, I mean, there's always that trade off of you know what's the risk. You know, on the other hand, I've been on hunts where we have to carry our fuel, two extra, two sets of you know, two spare tires instead of one, winches, all those things just in case there's an issue because you can't call AAA. Yeah, you know, oh, it's it's all relative you to you what you're doing. To, you know, weigh it out. What's the yep. risk? Uh, yep. You know, you go on a, a hunting exposition, expedition, my first aid kit has quick clot in it. Well, that's just so we know you can't get a even cell service, let alone a, a yep. life flight. And if there's a bad injury, you want to be able to handle it, right? So preparation, yeah, there's always a trade-off. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to weigh that out on your own mind and uh, make the decisions accordingly. And that's experience-based too, obviously. Um, so the more you do things and the more you're involved with, you know, whatever you, you're being prepared for or preparing for, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I mean, you know, I remember my first hunting weekend, I packed way too many clothes and whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, I didn't need all that. So the next time I brought less because I was overprepared. And, you know, that's a really dumbed down um, example. But yeah, you can be overprepared. Yeah, one example, when I take some weekend trips, oftentimes I've, uh, instead of deliberating for a long time about what clothes I'm going to bring, I just find the biggest bag I can find and throw everything that comes to mind in it. You know? <laughs> and if it's a simple weekend, you know, then I'm good. Yeah. And then, well, what's the worst case? I come back and have to unpack some clothes. So <laughs> probably not podcast material right there. No, it's all in it, Personal man. stuff, but oh, you're right. I've... The weighing of it is, I mean, I made a note to restock my quick clot every place I go. But yeah. uh, mm -hmm. I think it does have to do with the degree of what are the consequences. And obviously we're talking about different non-life threatening issues mostly, but. Maybe to bring it, you know, more specific to engineering and commissioning. Please. Um, yes. You know, if you're, if you're going to a, a site visit and it's something, you know, it's just a, a typical site visit, you know, to, to go, visit a job site, um, you know, before, you know, maybe it's a kickoff, a project kickoff. And, you know, it doesn't make sense to spend a full day before, maybe if it's a smaller job, um, you know, especially if, uh, depending on the project budget, if you eat up half the budget preparing for a kickoff meeting, probably not a good use right. of time. Yeah. Right. It, as Mark said, there's diminishing returns. You know, perhaps maybe half an hour or an hour might be very valuable 
and worth the time to, you know, just review the you know project scope before you go there. You know, that's just for a kickoff meeting, but that applies to everything. If it's a more, you know, you're actually doing a site visit for, um, you know, verification of existing conditions, maybe a little bit more prep time. But, you know, I think with experience, you'll get an idea of what's a reasonable amount of time to take out of your day from other tasks. Because there is an opportunity cost to, you know, to preparation. Um, but you will get an idea. And, but always yes something something is better than nothing (laughs) never be zero it was probably five maybe uh, six years ago maybe uh we were invited to go to a walkthrough for uh industrial automation uh, event you know be a a engineering for industrial automation in a a plant had a lot of uh, thermal processes some sintering some carburizing you know all that stuff and uh so i took my my thermal imaging camera. So there's three other companies there. They all have cameras. I said, well, I can use this, right? They're like, sure. You know, it takes combination images, black, you know, a black and white grayscale plus thermal imaging. And everybody else is like, will you send those to me? That's not happening, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Being a little overprepared is not a bad thing. You know, I think, you know, just give me a competitive edge by being a little overprepared is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I think your range of preparedness, like Jim was saying, should be between zero and one. Uh, never, never over a hundred percent. But uh, it's tough to figure out that scale. But I would say the number one thing to do is is just think. You know, spend some time. Yep thinking through you know what's going to happen tomorrow is that if that's part of your plan and uh or even flipping it around and expect what would you expect of somebody else you know if you were the building owner and these people were coming tomorrow what would i expect they would be prepared for or with that's a great way to put it too i like that perspective one of the things that comes to mind too with preparation as far as i'm concerned is the more prepared you are, the more options you have. It's always, you know, about creating options. So I think Nick said it early on, everybody starts the day or starts the week or starts the project with a plan, but that immediately changes. Well, the more preparation you do, uh, the more knowledge base you have to work from, the greater your uh, options are when an obstacle or a problem problem presents itself, which is an inevitability. Yep. Obstacles or problems are not a reason to quit. I mean, what are we going to do, quit? No, that's the first step one is to think, right? And use what you've embedded in yourself or imbued into yourself in terms of preparation. Reach out for help, you know, um, reach into your network, get some guidance or get assistance. But I think the more preparation you do, the more... um, you can you can utilize a, a thought process and options process to say where do we go next from here well and just un- yeah oh yeah sorry mark i was just going to say you know the and the faster you can react too absolutely you know you don't need to have um whatever the specific details about whatever i don't know as long as you know where the information is because you prepared yourself and you know where that information is you can go get it you don't have to have everything right there in front of you but if you know where it is because you prepared for this you can react much quicker i don't even have a specific example but that's yeah, certainly you know a form of preparation binder, you can grab the binder and look it up yeah exactly exactly so i think that Amen. yep be <laughs> ready and you don't need to get ready yeah exactly well, with that being said, guys, this is where I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, we could probably keep going for a nut. We could have a part two, a part three. We could give so many life examples about unpreparedness, why we were prepared, you know, the differences it makes, uh, different levels of preparation. But I hope as a, you know, as a listener, you took something away from this episode. Uh, honestly, I did. It was a, it was really nice to talk about it. Stay tuned for next week's episode, completely shifting gears. We're going to be discussing uh, building a better BMS and some of the 
you know, components that maybe you don't usually find in building management systems and controls that really make a huge difference. Um, so stay tuned for that episode. Thank you very much and have a great day, everybody.